Oh, this is Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church. August the 16th, really getting into summer here. And today we are going to um, talk about the Lord's work. Uh, a concept in the Lord's work. So, if you would, turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Read a verse and have a word of prayer. Philippians 4.13, saying, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Word of prayer. Dear Father, just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And dear Lord, I pray that you just help us as we go through your word today. Lord, to be able to uh, have our needs met. And that you, Lord, would just um, help us as we travel through your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So right off the bat, I wanted to start with that verse. We can do all things through Christ will strengthen us because as we get into the Lord's work, a lot of times we're going to find, of course, that we're going to say to ourselves, we can't do it. I can't do it. It's always that excuse, right? But we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. And it's a very important thing to, to remember. And number two, I wanted to talk about the Lord's work. There's a few things about the Lord's work anyway that I really think are missing and that we, we need a spark back in our churches, a spark back in our lives and as we serve the Lord, I'm telling you, when we work in the Lord's work, it brings back that spark. You know, if you work at a marriage, people that have a hard marriage and they don't work at it, they lose that spark and they start working at it and they get it back we, as Christians, many times have lost our spark and we don't know where we lost it. Where do we start? How do I get it back? Well, I submit to you this is a very important way to get that spark back in the Lord's work. I remember, as we go through this, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We turn here to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start in 19. And we're going to talk about how we witness because this is a very important part of God's work the gospel of Jesus Christ it's really the crux of the church's work on this earth isn't it to tell others and sometimes we have lost that how do you keep a church healthy by going out and talking about the gospel to the lost this helps the church remain healthy it has helps a Christian in his walk remain healthy. If we don't do this, it's like a swamp. No water's going out, but you get plenty of water coming in. And it becomes stale. And a Christian, when they have a lot of uh, God's word coming in and, and the like, and we don't give it out, we become stale. So we get here where talk, Paul talks about, in verse 19, about this matter of propagating the gospel. And here's what he has to say about it. For though I be free from all men, verse 19 here, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jew I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. And unto them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. 
to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this do I for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. Now Paul, don't get him wrong, don't get me wrong, he's not saying that he'll go out there and participate in a worldly way, a sinful way. I don't believe he'd be saying, let's go into the bar. But I'm thinking he'd be saying, you know, to that weak person, I can identify with them so that I can tell them about Jesus Christ. To that Jew, I'm not going to sit across the table and offend him by eating a pork sandwich and then expect him to listen to me when I talk to him about Jesus. I'm not going to be sitting across from that Gentile and not being able to identify with him and expect him to hear me. And this could even be considered in a lot of uh, simpler ways. Um, when you go out and talk to somebody, maybe you start talking to them about what they're interested in. Maybe they like fishing. You talk to them about fishing. Maybe they like another kind of a hobby. And you identify with that with them. Or maybe they talk about some problems they have and you identify with them. Now, we're not trying to be fake, insincere. We're not trying to condescend to them so that they think that we really don't care. I don't mean that, but we identify with them so that somehow we can get across to them the love of Jesus Christ. And so as we witness to these people, we identify with them. We become a, a, a somebody that, that they can relate to so that we can tell them about Jesus Christ. Right? We go to verse 24 and it says, Know ye not that they which run a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. Now, now he's going to talk about this work in the Lord, not only as, as we, as we um, walk in this work of the Lord in telling people about him, but really in living the Christian life, it's not an easy thing. It's like somebody, he's identifying it with somebody that they would identify with in this time period. They had games and they would, they would have like an Olympia type of games like we have and so he could he could try to get this across to them. He's showing the Christian walk like a runner that runs for a prize. And he's trying to get this concept across to these Christians here in Corinth. That says in verse 25, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they which do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible He's saying that these runners are doing this so they can get this holly leaf for this crown that's going to fade away. But we're doing it for a crown in heaven, a work for the Lord that we can give back to him one day, an incorruptible crown. Verse 26, and I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, 
into subjection, rather, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, back then, the castaway was a term that not only if you cheated, but also if you just didn't even try in that race, he would consider you a castaway. It was a term that uh, that nobody wanted to be called. They didn't even try. As in this race, as we run for the prize, as we as we day by day run this race for the Lord. We don't want to be considered a castaway, do we? That gleam in our eyes left because many times we have really come to the place where we have left God's work behind and taken up our own work and replaced His work with the world, ourselves, or whatever. When God should come first, and as we go through this Christian work, we have become... A castaway. Because we're not even trying. No wonder we've lost our gleam. Did you ever see somebody that was into something like um, a hobby, like running or whatever, and all at once they don't really care about it anymore, and they just lose their enthusiasm. And, well, this is something like that, but way more important. Working for the Lord. It's something that's eternal. Something that really matters in the future. Even after we pass off this scene, this work. We get how we get this gleam back in our eye. I believe that we get back to work. That's something that maybe isn't popular, but is necessary. So let's let's go a little further here, and let's go to uh, now. We have we have now. What have we have done? We said all things. Um, all things we do can all things through Christ will strengthen us, right? And we've talked about how we witness the people. And identify with them. We also have talked about how uh, we treat this like a race and that we are working hard and we are working out and we are running for the Lord. We are putting Him first and we're trying as hard as we can in this work for the Lord. There's something else that really does damage to the work of God. Not trying, of course, is one, not witnessing is one. But in Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, we're going to look in verse 14 and 15, Philippians 2, 14 and 15, it says, do all things without murmuring and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless to the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. This murmuring can undo a lot of work. Murmuring leads to destroying God's work. What is murmuring? Complaining. Complaining. I tell you what, as Christians, I've seen this way too much. You know, in the Bible, God punished Israel more for complaining than anything else. Because it leads to more serious things. Complaining is like a cancer. Or like a bad apple in a bushel. It rots everything around it. 
We need to watch that. How do you stop complaining? Start concentrating on the blessings God has given you. I tell you what, God has blessed us so much. You know, I, I think that I've known people that all they did was complain. And you didn't even want to be around them after a while. So, complaining. We need to be very careful with this matter of complaining. So let's turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. We're going to turn here to Proverbs 23. Let me see here. In verse 7. Like I said in church this morning, we're going to do a bank shot off this. This is going to show a couple things here. So Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. It says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? That's the first part of that verse. I'm saying, well, what in the world does this have to do with the Lord's work? Well, I said I'm going to do a bank shot off this. But whatever you think, that's who you are. You know that, don't you? The good Lord, He knows what you're thinking. He knows who we really are. Well, what do we do about this? What do we do about this? Since whatever we think we are, how do we change this? Well, let's look here in Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. In verse 3, how do we change what we think? Proverbs 16 and verse 3, it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. You want to change how you think? Change what you do. Now, I've seen this in the way of relationships. When somebody wants to work on their marriage, when they start to work on it, all at once they change how they think. And it changes who they are. And they get that gleam back in their eye. And the excitement back in their hearts for each other. We want to change the way we think. Because remember it says, who whatever you think, that's who you are. Well, I'm telling you. Here's how you change it. Start doing right. Start working for the Lord. Get up in the morning and read His Word. Spend some time on your knees. Talk to the Lord. Tell some people about Him. Make it to church when you can. Work for the Lord and you get that gleam back in your eye. That purpose back in your step. I think this is how we can get that godly sparkle back in our eyes for the Lord. In our church, in our families, in our own lives. Because I think it's like love. Love isn't just a feeling. It's what we do. If you say, I love my wife and you never come home, she's going to say, no, you don't love me. If we say we love the Lord and we don't do his work, we don't serve him, do we love him? And so, just as somebody that starts, starts doing for their families, doing for their wives, and they show they love them, Love is lived out. 
The same thing in our work for the Lord. Love is lived out in our work for Him. And Hayard says here, and that will establish your thoughts. Whatever you put your mind to, you do the work. The work is a reflection of what's in your mind. It really is. If somebody says that they love to do something and they don't do it, no, they don't. You know, I love to play the piano, but you never sit down. No, you don't. How more, much more important than serving the Lord? I love the Lord. You never open the Bible. You never pray. You never tell a soul about Him. You never go to church hardly. It's bore out in our works. And that establishes our thoughts. And that is who we are. So, taking that thought, let's go to Titus. Titus, it's a little book back here by Timothy. Remember, all the T's are together in the New Testament. Titus chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. It says, In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil to say unto you. You know, this pattern basically is consistency. In this work, we need to have consistency. So that when we tell other people about him, this, what it's talking about here, sincerity, people can actually see that. It's showing, showing a pattern of good works, a consistency of good works in your life. And this doctrine that you have been studying and telling people, how it leads to being uncorrupt, uncorruptness, it talks about. It leads to sincerity. People know if you're sincere, if you're faking it. And sound speech. And it ends it by saying that, that uh, pe people may be ashamed if they've said evil about you. Because you've been consistent. They know what you believe because of what you've not only said, but what you're doing. This work needs to be consistent in your life. If you're not consistent, then what in the world are people going to care about what you tell them? Or if you tell them about Jesus Christ, you don't have a consistent life. They're going to say, you're not real. You know, you're a hypocrite. We need to be consistent. We need to be sincere in this work for the Lord. And lastly, coming up on 20 minutes here, let's look in Galatians. Let's look in Galatians. In chapter 6. As we're working in the Lord and we're witnessing to people... We're running a good race. We are sitting there not only telling people and running a good race. We are being consistent with our lives. We're being sincere in this work for the Lord. And people are seeing somebody that they can actually believe what they say. They might, you know, you might have a hard time convincing some people about the Lord. But if they see a consistency in your life. And somebody that really cares, they just might listen. Because it's your job to tell them. It's God's job to convict. And it's their job to, to reject or accept. 
this works. Well, also, when people say things about you, be ashamed of themselves because they know you are a genuine, God-fearing, Bible-believing Christian. But in Galatians chapter 6, in verse 9, Galatians 6, verse 9, it says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Lastly, we need to really be careful that we don't just fade away. We get discouraged. We don't serve the Lord anymore. Because it's hard. Well, of course it's hard. This race that we're running, like Paul talks about it, is hard. But it's well worth it, my friend. It's well worth it. Don't be weary in well-doing. Because we are working for an incorruptible crown when we get to heaven to get back to Jesus. We're working for the Lord's work. Something that's more lasting than what this world has to offer in service for Him. Just a few thoughts today on the Lord's work. A few parts of the Lord's work. And so I hope this can bless your hearts. I hope this meets your needs. And I just pray that, you know, this week that we will get that gleam back in our eye because we got back to work. We started showing how much we love the Lord by serving Him, by actually putting Him first. So, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Father, that you will help us as we serve you, love you, and do your work, Lord. Thank you for all the blessings you've given us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, God bless you, and I hope you have a great week. Do the work this week. Do the work. And I tell you what, that'll put that pep back in your step. That'll help you when you start uh, sitting there and getting a little discouraged. God will bless you if you're doing the work. God bless you, my friend.